Good afternoon and welcome back to Dark Histories from the Secret University. Going today back to the 18th century to a few magical moments of childhood in the winter in the Lake District as spoken or remembered by Wordsworth later in his adulthood. This being from his epic poem, The Prelude, and from the 1850 version of that poem. I was first in the Lake District, and probably enough, uh, when I was just 16, with three friends on a camping trip in the summer in 1985. Uh, two of them were twins, my friends, the Vickers, Darren and Kevin, identical twins, and their uh, parents decided that the very least they could do was make sure we actually arrived in the Lake District in one piece, whatever happened to us afterwards with our tents and our walking boots. I know we even had walking boots. Um, we have those things in those days for kids. Um, so anyway, their uh, parents uh, Jim and Carol decided to drive us up in their white van. Father was an electrician. And uh, a long way we went quite uncomplainingly in the back of the windowless van. And it was only later on that we were told the uh, parting words of Carol as she watched these hapless children climbing up a uh, mountainside, staggering under their rucksacks. Oh, my babies. Um, well might she have lamented if she knew how utterly useless we were going to be as campers. We had packed not only several tins of food, just in case the rucksacks weren't heavy enough, but also actually a sizable hammer to bang in the tent pegs and uh, survived against all the odds and had rather a beautiful time uh, until it absolutely hammered with rain. It's not the Lake District for nothing. Uh, just shortly before we were due to come back, uh, managed to hammer with rain on the inside of one of the tents, not mine, I'm happy to say, uh, and wouldn't stop raining as we disassembled the tents on this miserable black cloudburst. But so it was luckily that we actually got back a day earlier uh, and managed to see Live Aid, which we would have missed otherwise. What words were made of that? I don't know. But Here's a celebration of one of the most beautiful parts of England in the 18th century winter time from the prelude. And in the frosty season, when the sun was set and visible for many a mile, the cottage windows blazed through twilight gloom. I heeded not their summons. Happy time it was indeed for all of us. For me, it was a time of rapture. Clear and loud, the village clock told six. I wheeled about, proud and exulting, like an untired horse that cares not for his home. All shod with steel, we hissed along the polished ice in games confederate, imitative of the chase and woodland pleasures, the resounding horn, the pack, loud chiming, and the hunted hare. So, through the darkness and the cold, we flew, and not a voice was idle. With the din smitten, the precipices rang aloud. The leafless trees and every icy crag tinkled like iron, while far distant hills into the tumult sent an alien sound of melancholy not unnoticed. 
while the stars eastward were sparkling clear, and in the west the orange sky of evening died away. Not seldom from the uproar I retired into a silent bay, or sportively glanced sideway, leaving the tumultuous throng to cut across the reflex of a star that fled, and flying still before me, gleamed upon the glassy plain. And oftentimes when we had given our bodies to the wind, and all the shadowy banks on either side came sweeping through the darkness, spinning still the rapid line of motion. Then at once have I, reclining back upon my heels, stopped short. Yet still the solitary cliffs wheeled by me, even as if the earth had rolled with visible motion her diurnal round. Behind me did they stretch in solemn train, feebler and feebler, and I stood and watched till all was tranquil as a dreamless sleep. Ye presences of nature in the sky and on the earth, ye visions of the hills and souls of lonely places, can I think a vulgar hope was yours when ye employed such ministry, when ye, through many a year, haunting me thus among my boyish sports of caves and trees, upon the woods and hills, impressed all forms, oppressed upon all forms, the characters of danger or desire, and thus did make the surface of the universal earth, with triumph and delight, with hope and fear, work like a sea? Not uselessly employed might I pursue this theme through every change of exercise and play, to which the year did summon us in his delightful round. We were a noisy crew, the sun in heaven beheld not veils more beautiful than ours, nor saw a band in happiness and joy richer, or worthier of the ground they trod. I could record with no reluctant voice the woods of autumn, and their hazel bowers with milk-white clusters hung. The rod and line, true symbol of hope's foolishness, whose strong and unreproved enchantment led us on, by rocks and pools shut out from every star all the green summer, to forlorn cascades among the windings hid of mountain brooks. Unfading recollections, at this hour the heart is almost mine, with which I felt from some hilltop on sunny afternoons, the paper kite, high among fleecy clouds, pull at her rein like an impetuous courser, or from the meadows sent on gusty days, beheld her breast the wind, then suddenly dashed headlong and rejected by the storm. That's Wordsworth from the prelude, something else that will be coming up on Dark Histories uh, in the new year is the remarkable letters of uh, a now relatively forgotten American, Eliza Wright, who actually met Wordsworth uh, and travelled all around Britain in the early Victorian period, a kind of uh, Victorian Bill Bryson, in fact, who left amazingly vivid uh, impressions, whose voice still chimes like a bell uh, through these letters almost 200 years later. 
So thanks for listening and hope everyone has uh, a good Christmas and survives the coming American snowstorms. Very still, bright, actually relatively warm day here in Wales. Dark histories from the Secret University.